Lawrence. Shh. What? Duck down. Quick. What? Don't, Why? Don't walk by the window. What's Not going the on? I see Ayatsi. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are they outside? Hello? Oh, my God. They're, they're knocking. <laughs> yeah. That's a fucking yeah. union coming to flip your ass. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That's like a horror film. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, it can be scary, but honestly, it's not. This is not. part of doing the job. It is. You've been through it a few times. I've been through it a few times. And our mm-hmm. uh, friend, Greg Jones, who is a uh, owner EP of a production company called Ruckus Films, he's been through it a few times. He's a returning guest on our show. We haven't had many. He was I back know. on, uh, uh, I think, season one. Today, we're going to talk about what <laughs> it means to get... season one. <laughs> yeah, way back then. Ooh, pandemic days. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to get flipped and how to handle it. Because, yeah, it can be a little intimidating, but honestly... It can be, but it's not a big deal, y'all. It doesn't have to be. Take control of the situation. It's fine. They're just doing your job. You're doing your job. And you guys are going to work it out. Grab a drink and stick around for this episode. Welcome to the Producers Happy Hour with your hosts, Sister Christian and Lawrence Lewis. We're two producers with over 20 years of experience each, chatting over drinks about what it means and what it takes to be a good producer. Join us for insightful interviews and informative show topics that will help you get through your toughest jobs, biggest production challenges, and most difficult clients. So grab a drink. You're going to need it. And let's get to it. Because making shit is hard. Sister Christian... (laughs) It's been one of those rare times when I actually haven't spoken to you for a couple of weeks. I know, it's been forever. How are you? How are you doing? uh, Okay. I'm on a pretty intense job that goes out of the country. So, Uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. And I would like to put in a show topic now for when I get back about how many days should you charge for a job when you've worked double the days out of, you know, Oh, my God. I mean, that's that's like an (laughs) age-old problem, right? Mm -hmm. That's one Mm -hmm. of the big uh, complaints a lot of uh, production folks have is all the free days that we put in on a job, especially producers. Exactly, and we don't have a union. We don't have a union, right. Mm -hmm. And speaking of unions... (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) Here we are. That's the topic of the show today, right? Getting flipped. And for our younger professionals out there, what that means is you're producing a non-union job, and the unions find out about it, and they pay you a visit on set. Why is this a problem? Because if you're filming in L.A., chances are you have some union crew members on your set. We don't have a big pool of non-union talent here in Los Angeles like New York does, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a different ballgame in New York. For sure, union locals like Local 52 will ban their members for working non-union. It is instilled in them. When you're in New York working union or non-union, it's a very segregated crew. So if you do non-union work in New York, all the people on your set are definitely non-union. Most of the time. (laughs) Most of the time. And that's the right way to do it. You can't really do that here. There just isn't the talent, especially when, you know, from the DP down, it's like, oh, well, we want this, you know, really great DP. Well, the entire crew's going to be union. So, you know, Mm -hmm. look, we fully support working union. We support not working non-union. We do both as producers. That's why Mm -hmm. we're line producers. We sit on the line. We aren't signator. We're not covered by a union. We just execute the job that's handed to us. So what happens is when we get asked to do a non-union job and they want to shoot somewhere like Los Angeles and have a big name DP on it, it's kind of our responsibility to let the company know that they 
risk getting flipped. Exactly. And then there are some precautions that you can take, which, you know, whether we get into that or not is a different story. I just feel that in L.A. it's super hard (laughs) to work non-union unless your entire crew is non-union. Exactly. So we're chatting today with a returning guest, Greg Jones from Ruckus Films, who has been through this process. We got some tips for you all to how to handle it both how to handle it with a production company, how to handle it with a crew, and how to handle it when the union reps pay you a visit and get you through it. Yes, it can be frustrating, it can be scary, but honestly, it's just about information and knowledge. Exactly. Hey, Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, Greg, what's up? Hey, guys. Wow, I even get fake cla- fake applause even. You even yeah. get a fake applause, no, canned we laughter. Have a, we have a audience We have a live today. studio audience. <laughs> uh-huh. You just can't see them. Uh, Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, Are you, by any chance, enjoying happy hour with us today? Um, Are you I, having well, a drink with I us? Have, yeah, I have a water bottle next to me. That's okay, fine. Good. Yeah. LA's finest. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we missed dry January, but uh, in or, in honor of that month and our non-drinking friends out there who are listening, I'm enjoying a mocktail. It's uh, Seed Lip Spice and Tonic. Seed Lip is a non-alcoholic spirit. And so this drink is two ounces of Seed Lip Spice, 94, tonic syrup to taste, tonic water to taste, star anise. And if you have a cinnamon stick, enjoy it with a cinnamon stick. I don't. I just have a little cinnamon uh, sprinkled inside. Yes, and I'm also enjoying a non-alcoholic drink in the form of a weed drink called <laughs> by Wonder, <laughs> which is a grapefruit hibiscus-flavored weed tonic. <laughs> yes, it's a great so substitute for dry January. <laughs> I, I was out with my wife last week, and a mocktail was $17 at a bar. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I know. Oh. That's the thing. It's like, I'll just take a water then what at that point. What neighborhood were you uh, in? I don't Los Feliz, so nothing, you know, nothing too, yeah. Ex- Uh, Perfect. (laughs) Of course. West Side says it all. Okay, let's dive in. But first, if you don't want to miss our latest episodes and you want to stay current on industry news and get all the links and resources that we chat about on the show, plus get our delicious cocktail recipes, then join our listeners newsletter. Oh, Christian, not another email list. I know. I hear you. (laughs) We love spam. No, we don't. Um, Don't worry. We're not going to spam you. We don't have time for that shit. You'll just get a couple of emails from us, you know, full of great info. So sign up at ProducersHappyHour.com. All right. Let's get into it. Greg Jones was a freelance line producer for over 15 years and started his own production company, Ruckus Films, with some very talented directors in 2020. Welcome to the show, Greg. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Why don't you start a little bit by telling us about Ruckus Films? You know, we know it started around the pandemic time, but what kind of work do you do? What's going on with Ruckus these days? Yeah, right. I mean, right right around COVID, the perfect timing, right? Yeah, Um, right. You know, it's a small roster of comedy directors, you know, J.J. Adler's... uh, you know, she's a co-owner and uh, one of the, you know, top few female comic directors and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, just decided to do our own thing after, you know, being everywhere for a while. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. It's the smart move. And what type of work? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's all branded content, commercials, client direct stuff. But, you know, we don't chase that too hard. With, yeah. But, you know, agency, you know, agency directed. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Music videos, like anything below under film. I haven't really yeah. done any music videos. Oh, um, I, even though I grew up doing music videos forever, and I mm-hmm. have a huge love for them, but uh, yeah, just not uh, <laughs> love hate yeah. is what I have for them. <laughs> Sorted past. It's not exactly the money maker anymore. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. I missed it by exactly. by uh, 
like 10 years, I think we wouldn't be talking yeah. if I would have been doing music videos 10 years yeah. earlier than I remember. Um, I did the one Jennifer Lopez video that was $450,000 at the time. Yeah, it was like her low budget video. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. They're not that anymore either. I was on the LL Cool J video that was actually the first music video to flip. All videos used to be non-union. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, everyone walked off I, my LL Cool J video. And <laughs> I think they became union. <laughs> after it all flipped, I was on the first video or PM to the first video in New York that was union. And I remember Phil Sod <laughs> was my key grip and he was just like, this is it. It's all over. <laughs> now we're doing videos. Everything's going to be union from now on. I was like, sure, Phil, no problem. <laughs> well, let's, so that said, let's talk about getting flipped. Walk us through your first, like the first time it happened to you. I guess, I mean, the first time was the LL Cool J music video and uh, mm-hmm. all the unions showed up at lunch. What town were you in? I was in LA. It was in LA. We were okay. shooting at the mm-hmm. W and uh, in Westwood. We had, you know, took over the place. It's huge. Um, They just showed up at lunch and said, you know, Basically, if we don't sign the agreement, they're going to all walk off. Called, you know, HSI at the time was the company and called the EP. And he's like, oh, you absolutely can't sign anything. And they, yeah, they bailed and they left us. It was a three-day shoot. It was day. Th- they came at lunch at day three. So, like, everyone walked off. Some key crew members who I won't, like, name, but they had to, of like, course. change their outfits and get in a pass van and disguise themselves. And they came no in. No way. Like, maybe... 15% of the crew who had like a vested interest wow. in making sure we finished it. And then, yeah, then we shot PAs were breaking down the grip things. And it was, yeah, it was night nightmare. We were just calling, scrambling to get bodies in. Hey, can you just come help wrap? And, you know, rap crews wouldn't come in. And it was a, yeah, it was a nightmare. Wow. That is, yeah. that sounds horrible, especially when you have a celebrity on set. Yeah, it was, then, you know, at the end of the night, LL Cool J like made everybody stay at like a 22 hour day and everybody's just dying. And he uh, had to give a speech and, he uh, took everyone's personal information because he was going to send them a gift because how awesome, but no one ever got through. <laughs> Did you have any inkling that this was going to happen? Nothing at all. You we know, nobody warned you. No warning, no nothing. And music videos back then, as you said, were non, non-union, right? And, yeah, they were all um, non-union. So there was no need to have that conversation with your crew. Like if you were on a commercial, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, this is non-union. You know, what would you do? You know, so uh, have you been flipped on a commercial? I have been uh, flipped on a couple commercials. And so when that happens, when you're setting up a non-union commercial and, you know, sister, I know you've got your own experience in this too, but like, do you, do you prep your crew? Do you talk to them about the fact that, hey, we're doing a non-union commercial and what those implications are? Well, it, it's kind of weird, right? Because you're not allowed to really ask people if they're in the union in California. Is that still? Yeah, that's what I thought. When Chris and I were prepping the show, we, we kind of we chatted about this. You definitely cannot ask them in right to work states. Christian, is that right? You can't ask them in right-to-work states because you cannot hire or based on whether their union status. But it was always my understanding that you couldn't L.A., but I'm just, I'm not sure. So I'll, I'll refer to yeah, y'all on we'll that have to look, Yeah, we'll have to look up that up. Yeah, totally. You, you know, L.A. is so much harder than to do it than anywhere else because, like, at least in New York, I feel like you have your union, you have your non-union. I've never had a problem in L.A. You're shooting one day with the union crew and the next day with the non-union. It's the same exact guy. Exactly. So it's, yeah, it's rough. That I agree with. A lot rougher in L.A. than I think anywhere well, anywhere else. It's, I, and I feel like that is because Local 52 has a lockdown on so many different, you know, like out here, um, every, grips are different, electrics are different, props are different. Everyone's a different union. Where in New York, there's one Local 52 <laughs> that yeah. has a lockdown on everybody and you're absolutely 
forbidden to do non-unions. So nobody from Local 52, you'll never find somebody on your set who's Local 52 if you're doing a non-union job. So it's actually easier to do a non-union job in New York. Right, exactly. I tell people that all the time. They're like, no, you're crazy. I'm all no tusking. It really really is. Yeah, Um, it it is. It is. There is actually a really big non-union community out there that are very talented. The pool, the talent pool is great. Yeah. As a matter of fact, sometimes they command more than street rates. Makes sense because they don't get mm-hmm. the health care. They don't get the Special pension. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, exactly. And I have friends, you know, that have union positions and they tell me we don't get in trouble as long as we call it in. Like there are certain unions in L.A. that'll let their crew do non-union, but they want uh, to actually call the union if they're if they're on the job, which is oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as a line producer where you're not officer of the company, like you wouldn't be able to sign a union contract. What's your responsibility? You know, let's say the EP isn't there, you're on set, the union shows up. What's the line producer's role in all of this? You know what? I've I've gotten busted both ways. I think as a line producer, I mean, all you can do really is call the company and see what they want to do. Because, right, it's ultimately it's their money. And sometimes, you know, it'll buy you a little time because you can say, I, you know, if you're on your last shot or something or you're going to move, you can get away with, oh, I can't get a hold of the, we're just waiting on the EP, something mm-hmm. like that. I, the key is to get it contained to like not let the Teamsters call everybody else in. So whatever you're, you know, that's like paramount. It's, yeah. Because you're going to pay stuff. One, you might as well just try to get someone to sign the one off and and not, not have it escalate because if it escalates in, you know, more time and money and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about one-offs because there was a time when we could actually sign just a one-off agreement directly with the union. But then once the national contract came about, that all went away. You're either a union company or you're not. So when you say one-off, was that back in those days or is that, or, or do you have a different explanation of that? No, no. Yeah, it was back when you can just sign a, an agreement for that job. So sister, what happened with you? Tell me about your time that when you got flipped, how did that go down? Well, so it was on a job where we were filming, a couple of them, actually, different jobs where we were filming the same stage multiple days in a row. Mm -hmm. Because one of the, you know, tips or secrets would be to, like, if you've got a two-day shoot and one day is in a house and the other day is in a park, you might skirt by because this is one day. But if you have multiple days on a stage and the unions come down the day one, you gotta, gotta fix it. Yeah. Every time that I have been flipped in LA, I've been alerted by a crew member. A crew member like looks at you in a very panicked way (laughs) and says, do you have a moment I need to talk to over here? Like, okay, so is it the camera break? Yeah, right. Union coming down, like what's the drama? (laughs) You have to go boop, what is it? And essentially it's it's, um, that they got a text from whatever their local is and it said, hey, are you working on such and such job? If you are, we're coming down at lunchtime. So I will immediately you know, reach out to IATSE and just start the ball rolling because there's no stopping it. Right. There, yeah, you can you can post up somebody at the stage door and say, close set, nobody allowed on. But eventually you have to leave the building and they're all standing outside waiting on you. Now, I, you do usually um, bring them outside and especially if it's like 100 degrees and you're somewhere in Burbank filming at a stage, just have the chat outside. It gets over pretty quickly because of the heat. <laughs> um, then you start the process of you know, negotiating and figuring out how to work out that particular situation. Right. And being on a stage is a little trickier because you could be surrounded by union 
productions yes. and crews know yes. each other and they start talking to each other. And then it's like, oh, this is a non-union shoot. And then that's yep. when what job things are you go down. With? Yeah. Who's here? Oh, you call it in for me. It all yeah, happens. Exactly. Yep. Christian, why are locations always such a hassle in our jobs? I know. And I get all kinds of jobs. Like, here's one for you. Celebrity interview. Celebrity lives somewhere like Memphis, Tennessee Mm -hmm. or Minneapolis. So I have to find a location near their house that is for a simple interview, but it still needs to be like a loft type setting. And it needs to be on the first floor versus like Uh, on the third floor walk up. Right, right. And and the surprise, the budget does not have a proper location scout in the budget. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, I've used marketplace stuff. I've certainly used Airbnb for this, but Uh, that can be a time suck and dealing directly with homeowners is like, no thanks. It's a nightmare. And like you said, sometimes I get on a job so early, I've got to do some pre-research before I can bring a scout on Mm -hmm. or there aren't enough scouting days in the budget. Guess what? That's your job. (laughs) Exactly. And I've used those marketplaces too, but there's like a million steps between us seeing a listing that we think could work, the director loving it, but us actually seeing it in person and booking it and securing it and doing all that, it it can just be a nightmare. Well, drumroll, please. Yes. That is where our friends at Ave come in. (gasps) Yes. Ave are the first nationwide location scouting company. Ave has a huge private network and you can save a ton of time and money getting you the perfect location wherever you need it. Simply fill out a quick form. You'll be paired with an amazing location producer and you'll receive a curated report with the best location options for your project. From there, they'll handle everything from walkthroughs to negotiating your location agreements and even permitting if needed. And they'll work seamlessly with you, your location manager, or your production team, whatever you need. There are Uh no upfront costs, and they only get paid if you book the location you need, which is Which is amazing. I cannot believe that part. (laughs) So please save time, money, and your sanity by adding Ave to your producer (laughs) toolbox. Visit Ave at avvay.com. You're not going to regret it, I promise. And tell them we sent you. So, Greg, uh, when it happened to you, did you, what was your solution? You just signed a one-off. You've had it several times, so. Yeah, I mean, it was a little different. I used to have a, like, a small service company that used to, like, bottom feed and do, you know, when union companies, like, they all have their little non-union things because directors want to work and then projects created. It seems like when the unions know that, they're a little bit rougher than when you're just a small, you know, mom and pop or, you know, small company. So it's it's kind of a different situation when it's the other company, you know, don't tell them it's us or whatever. But right. I, you know, it's it's you know, all you can do is like sign and keep it calm and try to keep it as small as you can. I mean, you can negotiate a bit like, yes, uh, to you not can negotiate to, just to make it for dues on this particular job and not go and retroactively. If you're not paying any wages, you can negotiate keeping the wages the same. And the sixth and seventh mm-hmm. day for your art department stylist, if you've negotiated that, you can kind of most of the time they just want to get their dues for that particular job and you don't have to make the whole job retroactively union, which is crazy expensive if that has to happen. It's the pension, health and welfare that they want. They want yeah. those fringes in their pockets. And they, in my experience, you know, they, they're there fighting for their brothers where their union members, their, their pension, their, you know, that's all, that's why we want to make sure our, our members get their pension and their health and their welfare. And that's kind of the thing that they've reiterated to me when they're sitting in front of me telling me I need a sign. 
But yeah, in my case, I've always been the line producer. So uh, that is, like you said, it is a good way to maybe buy a little time to say, hey, I got to talk to the, I'm not part of the company. I have to talk to them and they're flying around the world somewhere. So you got to give me some time. Christian, what happened to you? I know you, we had a similar way of solving this, what we called a one-off with a company called CMS. Yeah, you find a company out there who's willing to run the payroll through the unions, which is usually CMS. They charge a fee, depending on your budget size, you know, 1500 to 2500 I think, is the going rate right now. If you're full commercial, it's usually 2500 bucks, And then you avoid having to sign. So that is, you know, economical for some people. But honestly, I don't know of a time, and Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, I just don't know of a time when you could ever pass this cost along to the client or agency. You just can't. Like, this is a risk that the company's running, and you have to eat the cost, essentially. Yeah, I mean, as an EP, I wouldn't even try because it's just like not. I took the job. It's fine. You know, we're responsible for it. We gave you a budget. Not your problem. I've known companies that have went back and tried to, if like time was lost because of all the the rigmarole, then they try to get that back from the agency. I, I think the best thing you can do is like that. That's the most expensive is the time to so just like get it over with because you're not going to argue your way out of it. Yeah. And then I, I just, um, so the the job that I just did that got flipped, <laughs> um, everybody was making a wage that was over scale anyway. So we did not have a wage discussion. All we had was the paying P&W on covered positions, which was the big one. You know, we had originally bid 23% P&W because it was summertime. The cost came out to 18% more. So it wasn't actually horrible, but it was definitely around 21 grand, which is hard to, on the margins that jobs are today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really hard to, to make up $21,000, I can tell you. Yeah, back in the day, that was, right. uh, you Small know, a penalty to pay, though, considering we it did is. not have to sign. Considering getting shut down. Yeah. So, Greg, mm-hmm. when this has happened to you, I know this is a, people are, are fearful of this happening. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, kind of seems like a scary thing for a lot of people. But how did the reunion treps treat you? You know, you hear a lot of ideas about what a union rep is going to do to you when they come down to your set. But how did they treat you? You know, they've always been completely like just pleasant and professional. They're doing their job. They understand. You know, I've had them thank me for not running. Like once we had yeah. like, uh, you know, yeah. four or five yeah. locations. Oh, they don't want to run around. Yeah. I don't want to no. chase you. Thank you for not making me chase you. It's kind of like getting pulled over by the cops. Be as nice and polite as you can. <laughs> it is. Well, I mean, and I do say that, you know, the John Funduses of the world gave us, you know, such a create, like that. And then Tommy from the Teamsters in New York. I mean, like they really made like the union rep a very negative experience unless yeah. you, uh-huh, unless you really knew them. Like I, you know, like knew them all well, so I never had a bad experience with them. So when I was flipped out here, it was like the, I was like, this is so nice. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you're so friendly. Yeah. <laughs> I was complimenting the art, the art of the production designers union, which I don't know the locals. Like she came out fabulous glasses, everything. Yeah. I was like, girl. Yeah. I mean, like it was, a, it was I invited them into lunch. They came at lunchtime. I assumed it was because they wanted some lunch. It, it's a East Coast, West Coast thing. I think everything's a little bit, oh, yeah. a little bit more mighty on the West Coast. More just like, back. yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I my, my situation got a little heated because the owner of the company was taking their time on, they were trying to see if they could stall this out. 
because we only had one or two ma- more days yeah. of shooting and they were trying to just wait it out. And, and it's like, you know, they told me, we're like, we know where you're shooting tomorrow. We'll see you there. And I'm like, okay, all right. So by the end of the second day, I'm getting texts from one of them. No, they said literally, Lawrence, we can either do this the easy way or the hard way. The choice is yours. <laughs> and it's, uh, so it's like out of a movie. It was so, so ridiculous. But yeah, so they, you know, they were definitely a little spicy. It was like a dare to, like a dare to it, me. It has <laughs> like a mafia, a mafia-esque, mafia-esque. It, Yes. feeling to it a little bit. It it's a does, little bit shakedowny yeah. when you get there. It was a little shakedowny. I'm like, am I going to wake up with a horse head in my bed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my situation did get a little ad- adversarial because I was being a little challenging. Look, when when this happened to me, this was right after the 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 stock market crash, the economy crash in 2008. There were no jobs in LA. There was nothing happening. No one was shooting. I got a, it was like a 7-day shoot for a financial organization, a a federal financial organization. And this happened on the job. So we were like one of the only multi-day shoots happening in Los Angeles, but the company was non-union, small company, single director, blah, blah, blah. And uh, when they came in, they came down and they were, you know, they were gruff and blah, blah, blah. And here I am. Hey, what's up, guys? And uh, I, I said, look, I know for a fact we're the only big job that's happening in Los Angeles, California. Are you really telling me that after months of not working, you're going to make your guys walk off this job, not get the money that they need to pay their mortgages, feed their families? Like, people are really struggling right now. That's what you'd rather do? You'd rather take them off the job? And they said yes. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Great. Because they wanted what little piece of the pie that they there wanted was. The, the they wanted the piece of the pie. And, and, you know, rightfully so. Everyone should have pension, health, well, welfare, all of that stuff, I, I wasn't arguing against that. I was just trying to like really understand what their motive was and, and what they would do. And yeah, they said, no, we'd make them leave the job. I'm like, well, you realize that's worse for them than for this one project to not just complete. We have three days left, you know, but that's how that went. Greg, what are your recommendations for doing a non-union shoot somewhere? How do you protect uh, yourself? Avoid, avoid LA. Yeah. If you can't avoid LA, um, don't send off yeah. a call sheet. Um, if you can avoid a motorhome. Don't have a motorhome because that's, I, I've literally had jobs called in from not the motorhome driver, but you send the call sheet to the shop and whoever the guy working the fax machine at the shop wants to get me and calls it in. I had gang bosses drive the people mover on a non-union shoot that called it in because they knew we were going to be shooting it. So, you know, I've had PAs and pass fans call it in because they wanted their days as a teamster uh, to get in the pass right. van. So, yeah, like... Uh, <laughs> Don't put out a call sheet, I guess, is my first. Well, I know, and I know, again, it's impossible in L.A., but, to, you know, in New York, we used to get, it used to be if you're on the permit board. So if you uh, applied for a permit to film in, you know, one of the five boroughs like that, the unions would just come every day and collect the permits of who's I don't even and- know if this, if I should say this, I don't know if it's legal, but we used to say it was um, on the permits, we used to say it was uh, an industrial. We wouldn't even say commercial because then sometimes. Right. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. If you legally can do that or not but we used to do it <laughs> we used to just say it was yeah photo shoot or a student mm-hmm. film or you know anything exactly. but what the word commercial but technically you don't have to in new york pull a permit or you didn't have to unless you were looking to hold parking oh right otherwise i remember that yeah to, but if you did not hold parking then you would have nowhere to fucking park so there was a catch-22 <laughs> there <laughs> 
Yeah, stealing driveways. There aren't driveways in New York. That's oh right. <laughs> Double parked in the Double bus parking. Lane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but aren't you guys always on edge like all day? You're just like waiting. It's like a different kind of stress that you're just kind of waiting for it no matter what. Like at least I was. <laughs> I think I was young younger in my career. Now that I've been through it, I know what's going on. I know what they're gonna do. It's more like yeah, now I'm doing more like, yeah, we got through the day. <laughs> like, I'm genuinely shocked that nobody came down. Like, I know, Wait right? a minute, don't they love me anymore? That's how I feel now. <laughs> they are visiting a lot more. At least they were around COVID time. SAG was coming out. A lot of a lot of them were coming out mainly for health and safety. But uh, a lot more a lot more attention was being paid in the past couple of years to sets, especially in Los Angeles. But to your point, Greg, not shooting in LA, it's a little bit of travel, but you know, if the further you get away from a union office, the better you are, right? Like shoot in Orange County, maybe. Don't even shoot, shoot in the Valley. Like the- <laughs> yeah, don't shoot, shoot in the Valley. Don't shoot in the Valley. That's where most of the offices are. And the one I was flipped, we were like down the road from local 80. So that was <laughs> definitely a mistake. Yeah. No, I was just gonna, it, it's, it seems like when it's slower in LA, that's when they come out it more. Is. Like if it's, if you're busy, you know, it's not, I guess people are busy, but, you know, it yeah. seems, yeah, when it's slower, you're going to have more of a problem. Abs- I think that's true. I mean, like, I got flipped over the summer when it was super busy, but like I said, we were five days on a stage. So we were just begging, begging yeah. for somebody to come flip yeah. us at five days on a stage and send out a call sheet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know what else doesn't help yeah. is those big yellow signs that we hang everywhere. Yeah, here in yeah Los- I know. <laughs> those signs are just screaming for somebody, come this way. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was always in the impression that it was private property and that if you were on a stage, you were safe because you could ask them to be removed. That is absolutely true, 100%. And you can hire security to check off names, to have come in all of the, yes. However, when you're there multiple days and they just, they can stake out and wait till somebody leaves. And if they see one of their union members leaving, then they've been caught. Yeah, they can wait right at the so, right at the gate. The last time I was flipped, the pressure really came when the unions were texting their own members saying, are you on this job at this location? If I come down and I see you there and you don't walk, get your backpack ready. I mean, yep. all of it yep. was like yep. all these like scary texts were being sent to these guys. And, you know, like at that point, the crew's like going to the producer. Oh, do you see this? Te-? I'm like, great. Seems pretty. <laughs> threatening for you <laughs> like just tell them to come down i'd pref- i'd prefer not to have this build up just like send them down let's go i got flipped in boston once and boston was just a stupid place to try and do a non-union boston shoot boston sucks um yeah yes. it, it, it was not great um <laughs> and we got those my crew got those texts and when i showed up they had already set a line that the crew couldn't cross to come to set. So that one was a that one was a pretty severe one. So we were literally down. We were not able to start work because they came right at the call time. They set up a, a not a picket line, but they set up a line that said members don't cross this line. Otherwise, you're in trouble. So that was that was a rough one. Did you have any like rough experiences like that? Any confrontation? No, on any I of the mean, times? never any anything, you know, you know, sometimes you wait for the paperwork. You think you're going to get away with it because you're just saying you're waiting. And if, if you wrap, you're not going to turn it. But they set timers fax or something. They know. Machines yeah. Fax machines. Fax machines. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Like, we didn't hey, get the fax. Is, Can you yeah. send it again? Yeah. Ooh. Stuff like that. Came through black. I mean, I've gotten false threats from fundus in New York about mean stuff. But I don't think I've ever done a job in New York where he didn't call me. But nothing. Right. You know. 
He just likes to say hi. Yeah. He's a friendly guy. He's a, fr- <laughs> <laughs> He's a friendly guy, you know. <laughs> okay, so knowing what you know now, Greg, for going through all these experiences, what's your advice for producers, production teams, the freelancers out there? How should they handle union reps when they come for a little visit on your set? What are the key takeaways here? Yeah, I mean, this be as nice as possible. And if it's just the Teamsters, get it signed and done before, because that's one of their threats usually. It's usually first the Teamsters. Like, hey, we just got to get our guys paid. If you uh, sign here, we won't call right. the other nine mm-hmm. or ten unions. You know, so that that's kind of a true thing. So just do it. And then sometimes, like, just for safety, and if you're going to be out on the road and you got big equipment, you, you kind of want Teamsters there. They're really reasonable. You can call ahead and just, like, uh, get an agreement just with the Teamsters for, for that job. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it'll cost a little bit more money, but just because of safety and not having to deal with that hassle, maybe the other ones won't show up. And that's also an option that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, that is true. Some good advice, Christian. Do you have any words of wisdom for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm I'm just always super nice and tons of jokes and also just, you know, like, there's always a push from the production company usually to find out who called it in. That way that, per- and I just say, you know, doesn't this matter. is the risk that you're running. It doesn't fucking matter. It's yeah. Let's go. Because you can have the most loyal crew in the world who happen to, one of them happens to be on hard times and doesn't have their hours and they call it in. And you know what? It's just a situation that unfortunately you were a part of. I would say that it's not personal. Like when you, when, when you get flipped, this is not personal. So just take it aside. Um, it's nothing you did either unless you're the one who made the phone call. So I would just take it out, right? I yeah. would just kill them with kindness. Like it, it's a crew members too, especially like as a live producer. And my dad was teamster. He was like 30 years on the line at General Motors. I don't begrudge anyone getting health or pension no. or anything. You're just, we got hired to do this job at this price point. You took the job at this price point. It, there's nothing adversarial yep. or trying to deny you. Anything. We're just both right. You know, move on to the next one. So I, don't yeah yeah it's not us (laughs) yeah exactly just trying to make it happen yeah oh well thank you that was a great chat greg thanks for for, uh having some water with us today um if anyone has any more questions for you wants to know more about ruckus films what's the best way to find you uh you know it's ruckusfilms.com just check out the website give me my my numbers on there just yeah give me a call chat through anything i love it and lawrence how do people get a hold of you too same way, my website, lawrencetlewis.com. Everything's on there. Sister, how about you? Sisterchristianproduces.com. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Right. Producers Happy Hour is brought to you with the help of the handsome Christopher Daniels. Who is a design and branding specialist. And Brendan Russell at podlad.com, who is our fabulous editor. If you enjoy this podcast and want to dive deeper, subscribe to our listeners' newsletter. Simply go to producershappyhour.com to sign up. Thanks for listening, and remember... Enjoy happy hour while you can. Because making shit is hard. Hard, hard, hard.